five months since I saw him. And wow. So even though it was just for a day and a half, you know, it was still good. You know, we we did our uh, best to social distance and order food in and all that other fun oh, yeah. stuff. So um, nice. How how are they doing? They doing all right? Yeah, they're doing good. Uh, my my dad's worked through the entire thing. You know, he he like his job kept him um, in work, so he's been just doing his thing working and then my mom of course is you know working as well and so they they really haven't stopped that wise uh, like um when it comes to that but just the, you know they wait last weekend to see my sister and uh, my nephew and you know see them for the weekend and then they came up here because they they just kind of you know wanted to see the grandkids and everything and they just yeah just roll the dice you know i guess you know i know right <laughs> At some point in time, we got to go and live, you know. Right. Where Where's your sister to live again? I forget. Dothan, Alabama. Oh, uh, okay. She's in yeah. Alabama. Gotcha. Yeah, because um, my brother-in-law is in the army, so he's stationed down there. Um, and then he'll be restationed sometime. It was supposed to be in July, but that was pre-COVID. Um, yeah. To Texas or whatever, but he's just going by himself. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So my sister will just stay in with uh. My nephew or son, um, you know, until he, I think he's only stationed there for a year. He doesn't have to go deployment or any, anything like that. So nice. That's cool. Yeah. So, how's uh everything going on your end? Yeah, I'm just plugging along. You know, plugging along. Nothing, yeah, nothing too bigger here. It was uh, Nash's fifth birthday. Nice. Um, <clears throat> last week, and then so Reina's family is. Um, in town uh and then they are um so we saw them yesterday we had a cookout over at nate nicole's and nash starts t-ball tomorrow so they're supposed to have their first game which is interesting so we'll see what comes of that <laughs> i have noticed more and more like softball and t-ball and like youth baseball leagues playing now more than anything yeah so yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Everybody's like, you know, far enough away for the most part. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, as long as they're, you know, they have the precautionary measures, it gets kids outside and at least doing something. I mean, I can only imagine right. being, you know, it, it's one thing to be an adult through all this, but like being like a, you know, five years old, you know, around that oh age, just not yeah. will do anything. It's just, it's crazy. So right. that's being good. Up inside. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of that. So, yeah, we had a little um, server issue today on the website. Uh, it was so funny. It was actually an issue with Google. Google did really? something, and it caused our server to go down, um, and it went went to hell. So, uh, oh man! So, so you we have to work on that all day. Yeah, well, it really wasn't anything on my end I could do. Uh, okay. I did. I went through all like the the measures to see if it was like there was anything on. On our back end, that was um, wrong, but the the company that we use for it to, to do our server, they basically said it's an issue between them, Google, and one other uh, third-party user that they use. And, it you know, it took about an hour for the site to come back up, but it was really slow. And then, oh, and then I think, like, three, four hours down the road, it was finally like everything was back to normal. It was like little, little by little, the site would get a little bit faster and a little gotcha. bit faster. So yeah, yeah thank so, you, Google. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. 
Yeah, I saw Joseph sending some messages on good old Slack, so. <clears throat> yeah. That's all that it was. It's, yeah, it's, good job, Google. <laughs> good job, Google. It's nothing. It happens. And I told, um, yeah. like, I told Joseph and some of the other clients that I work for, because it, it was not just our website. It was on the entire eastern seaboard. Anybody that had oh, a wow. server that was based yeah. on the eastern United States, it was that server, you know, it, deal. And so, like, when I was in... Uh, the chat session when I logged on usually like a there's a, like a queue line if there's a busy day usually that queue yeah. line for our uh, for the company that we use is like five like five, I have to wait for you know um, you know five or six people or whatever in front of me and then that right. usually takes like two to three minutes for me to get put up it was when I logged in I was number 562 no I think. way <laughs> yeah it was all over the place <laughs> I waited like, like 45 uh... minutes just to get through it was like and then oh, the chat, man. the poor chat people, like, you know, they can only do so much. And I was like, hey, look, yeah, just right. want to make sure I don't need to do anything on my end. And they're like, no, we, you know, thank you for, for contacting us. We got, I was like, okay, I'll let you be and stuff. But of course, you know, it's got to be something else. That, um, 500. Oh, man, that's insane. You know, she, you know, that day, like, you know, they're, that chat service and, you know, the people in customer service were getting ripped to shreds. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they probably liked that you were just like, hey, just checking in. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to, like, so Joseph was like, oh, no, you know, our site's down again. I was like, everyone's site's down. I, like, I don't know what the yeah. type. Like, this is shit happens, you know, type deal. And right, so, right. You, yeah, it'd be, it'd be one thing if it was just ours, but. Yeah. Well, that's what the last time that happened wasn't like, I think November or whatever. It was just our site and it shut it down for like two days and stuff. But, oh, yeah. This was, and, nothing to do with us and so i said no nah, you weren't looking at porn or anything to cause it so yeah. Ooh, <laughs> click funny. this site to see the yeah the, right the new nudie pictures boop oh oh <laughs> post uh, it to uh lrm <laughs> shit. that's all uh, we, but yeah right <laughs> oh man oh man 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 but uh good news though hey how about dark web dude winning an <laughs> emmy <laughs> That's awesome. That, seriously, right? I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, so they won for best lighting, you know. So um, it's a, to say that you're Emmy winning, you know, that's an unbelievable achievement for, you know, uh, Michael Nardelli, Roxy, you know, she, Mario Michonne, you know, those three are the main directors of, and kind of the creators of Dark Web and nominated for seven emmys which is unbelievable for being an indie project you know absolutely yeah can't believe it so shout out to the cast of dark web you know mark and i love you we miss you guys we wish we were back in san diego comic-con again and you know next oh yeah running around And, and, and i just do have to say like that that cast is awesome and i mean i know like that seems very cliche but um very every cliche. single person yeah i know right but every single person is like extremely extremely down to earth personal like easy to have a conversation with i mean they were some of the nicest individuals ever so not only to be um obviously nominated in the first place for all of them has to be you know such an accomplishment but to win one as well is just you know awesome so uh, they definitely they definitely all deserve it yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think about. So talking with, you know, Michael and Tim about it, I mean, you know, it was just a, a concept that they wanted to create. They wanted to do something different, not just an indie film. 
and they wanted to create a series. They got the you know the, the finances to you know to, to be an indie project. No major studio would would greenlight it. They go ahead and greenlight it. It was finished in production for a while. They shopped it around. We got it in San Diego Comic Con. We got a panel. We got the cast out there, and boom, it gets picked up by Amazon. So I mean, you think about it, just the you know the journey of that one you know that one little project, how it went from just a little indie project that the guys you know three people kind of putting together their minds and writing a script out, putting it all together. It, it's crazy um, that they the kind of the journey of it, and now it's you seeing it kind of come full. Uh, circle to the end of winning a, uh, an Emmy. I kept on like for some odd reason calling it a Grammy when the, when Michael <laughs> said, you know, I was like, oh, you're up for a Grammy. He's like, no, no, Emmy. I was like, for whatever, I just keep messing up the, the damn award shows. Um, but it's pretty cool. And then um, they they're now working on the the podcast, you know, building the dark web, which they're two episodes in. Kind of, uh, I would recommend it for anybody uh, that is wanting to learn about, you know, the film industry or, you know, any indie filmmakers out there and, you know, the struggles and, you know, maybe some tips that you can learn from there, but it's really cool. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the first episode, but I'm kind of a geek like that with documentaries and, and podcasts. I yeah. like learn behind the scenes stuff, but it's pretty cool. And then listening to Roxy talk is always fun. Oh my gosh. She's hilarious. Yes. Roxy's awesome. You're one of the greatest people to be around. Just a, a ball of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so. if you ever need a smile, just you know, talking to Roxy is going to do it. Yep. And then, um, let's see. Kind of moving on. Uh, so have you thought about your next uh, retro piece, what you're, you're looking into? Uh, yeah, so um, we have a couple things coming down the line. So this Friday is going to be um, Reading Rainbow and Book It. Hell yes, um, Reading Rainbow. And did you know that the Book It program is still a thing? Yes, I did know. Um, yeah. And well, only you have a little girl, so you would know. Yes, that's the only reason why I know is my <laughs> daughter, who is a great reader, yeah. a lot better than me. And yeah, the book. And I was like, I was astonished that the Book It program was still around. Oh yeah. So looking at the uh, Reading Rainbow and the Book It program, which was really kind of. Um, both started because of a big push from Reagan, um, obviously to build literacy. Um, he first started a lot with like adult literacy, but obviously mm -hmm. to help that, you know, create those sort of programs. So there's that one. Um, and then um, doing one on a old board game. Did you ever have the Garfield board game? No, I did not. I. Oh man. No, I did not. You're, you're missing out on that one. So uh, doing one on a, Garfield board game from the early 80s and then um, rounding out the end of um, 80 to 84 is going to be um, the uh, the Masters of the Universe castle Ooh, play set. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. You have Grey Skull, Snake Mountain, um, She-Ra's Crystal Castle and then Eternia, which that thing was, you know, I, I forgot, like, that's the only one I didn't have. So I forgot how big and extensive and expensive it was um then we're gonna move into uh what? did you look up the price point of the the castle Grace? how much was I it did. back then i completely forgot so so all of the cat well the the three main castles so gray skull um snake mountain and crystal castle were all anywhere between 20 and 30 dollars 
That's it? Um, you, that is it, man. So you could get oh Grayskull. Grayskull um, at, I think it was a Kmart. I, I found a picture of one of the ads, and it was you could get it for $20 with, like, this coupon. Uh, and it said the original price was, like, 27 or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, they those were all 20 to $30, where the uh, Eternia was, like, $85, which oh. I see why I didn't have it. <laughs> right, yeah. That thing was right. humongous, though, right? Yeah, mm. well, it was, like, three kind of mini castles, but it had all of these, like, tracks and all these other yeah, things with it. Yeah, it. Okay, yeah. It was crazy. Um, so, basically, you were really buying, like, three castles for for the price of one, or you're getting right. three castles in that one box. Right, but it didn't have the storage capacity that the other ones did. So it was so many parts. So I think part of the issue was that, like, one, it was $85, but two, it, like, it had to be assembled, right? So right. it either had to stay out, or, or if you think about it, like, it had to constantly be, like, torn down and put back up, where the other play sets were, I mean, you know, they, you know, you could close everything inside, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. But still, 85 I mean, bucks is not bad. Jeez, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, but I think if you think, you know, early '80s, yeah, for all of that, it's not bad. But I, I'm I calling my parents up tonight, yelling at them, like, "Why didn't you get me this shit? It was only thirty bucks." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, that was crazy. I found a couple of the ads. There's a couple of pictures from like catalogs and stuff, like you know, like we talked about last time with the Sears catalog. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at that, and then uh, then we'll move into. Um, 1985 to 1989 there's going to be two different pieces uh kyle's writing one on the movie little monsters which is okay. awesome yep. um and jake is writing he actually has an interview with uh one of the main characters from do you remember the movie rad the bmx movie yes i do mm-hmm. yeah he, he's got an interview with someone from rad um and that's coming out in 4k uh and then we're also going to be taking a look at American Gladiators, um, and rounding off 85 to 89 with the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. Nice. Yeah. There we go. That's a good set. I mean, to move on to? Dang. Yeah. I know. So. I love your Rambo piece, man. What's up? I love your Rambo piece. Oh, thanks, man. It's so interesting because, like, I watched it, um... Like I said, last, my gosh, it was last week or whatever when I was writing it or typing up the uh, column. And, yeah, it's just, it really was just a completely different quote-unquote action movie, right? Right. It it kind of reminded me as, like, what the original Halloween movie was for the horror franchise Mm -hmm. because after the original Halloween movie, the horror franchise changed. Like all, the Halloween movies changed, right? If you think about the right. second one, it became like ultra gory because gory was in. Where like the first one was like wasn't really gory, but it was just like you know the story. The script. To it. it was all about the script. Yeah, though. beautiful. Right, and that's that's how I felt like First Blood was. I mean, it was a story. Like I said, I mean, at the end, first of all, you have the you know your protagonist who, like any other movie, if a guy's you know tearing down a city. And going after, you know, the local sheriff and all of that probably wouldn't be the the hero. But, like, right. I mean, so it was kind of this role reversal. 
and really shed a lot of light on, you know, what was going on and, you know, when people are coming back from Vietnam and how they're treated. Yep. The people, yeah. And fortunately, how, um, mm-hmm. yeah, how a lot of that, you know, and, and like I said, all those toys, I remember calling you or texting you and I was like, dude, do you remember the lunchbox that had like the Rambo with the rocket launch? Yep. <laughs> rocket launch? Like, there's no way at all that, you know, you could have that today. The craziest thing, though, is that the original ending for First Blood was Stallone was supposed to commit suicide there at the end and then yeah. switches it right at the last minute. He had both yeah. endings filmed, and he, the entire time when he had the script and stuff, and you can listen to interviews of him talking about it, he wanted it to be, you know, really thought-provoking and stuff, and and he kept it in, and then I forget, I forgot what the guy's name was, but convinced him right at the last minute to switch it because he felt like that wasn't going to be a, a positive impact on people that people weren't going to, you know, change their minds about, um, veterans and stuff and switches it. Could you imagine, you know, huh. if, if Stallone keeps the original ending in with, you know, committing suicide, how, how crazy. Well, that I mean, and that's the thing because like, even though that's such an unfortunate fact, um, but yeah, Stallone, Stallone was the, one of the advocates that was like, no, you know, like, He's already been through so much, like not only mm-hmm. Vietnam, but like returning home and like home was just like Vietnam in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was like all these things like out in the cold, being chased, all this stuff. Um, and he was like, he even said, like, if, you know, if Rambo would have committed suicide at the end, that would have been like the town winning. And this was supposed to be like Rambo's story. Um, and, and, you know, sure enough, here we are. I mean, what the most recent Rambo was, what, last year, two years ago, something like that? Two, yeah, I think it's two years now. It's it's been so. 2018, right? Uh-huh. I think. Um, and there's somehow talks for another one more Rambo. I don't know how that's gonna happen. Of course, why not, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I I just think um, I I remember the first time I saw First Blood, and there was something I just liked about you know like him being out in the woods and this and that. But I remember watching it and just feeling different about the ending because, like I said, you know most of the hero movies. You, you know, the hero saves the day and this and that. And just like there there was no saving the day, per se, you know, and there wasn't a like damsel in distress, which I, you know, I appreciated. And like I said, the, he's like they're crying. And like even when I was younger and like couldn't make those connections, it was still like, OK, there's something very different about this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it storyline it jumps what is it like what was it like four or five years after the first rambo that they did the second one uh oh yeah and it's complete uh so i think let's see uh first one was 82 i think the next one was 85 or 86 oh that's not it's not so four years yeah but it was completely different it was way different. different yes that one so like even though it, it it's funny because it's the same theme of vietnam but right. that's different because instead of right. instead of still you know uh, Rambo versus you know the, the American society and the view on soldiers, it's Rambo versus Vietnam himself. Like, yeah. why why didn't we just let this guy go and by himself to Vietnam and take everyone out type deal? Right. Yeah. And I mean, and the the kill count was like. Triple. I mean, it was just. Yeah, oh, the weaponry was so much better. Oh yeah. And well, and then the funny thing was, 
you know, as you and I kind of talked about, this this was the first time there was, you know, kind of R-rated toys and mm-hmm. um and, and a cartoon like we talked about, where once you get to, I mean, even 1990 to 1992, so about a decade later, let's say, um, you know, all of a sudden the switch with like Ninja Turtles and Batman Returns, where there was that parent storm. Remember about mm-hmm. weapons and all. You know, I've kind of talked about like how Power Rangers and all that had to change. But really, like Rambo First Blood, and then especially Rambo First Blood, or we you know Part Two or whatever. Yeah. Like that's that was around the same time, and then you got things like Terminator and some of that stuff. Robocop. Some of those toys, Robocop, and that's when you started to get a lot, which was a very short-lived time. Um, but I still don't think that it would have would have happened without like Rambo First Blood kind of paving the way for it. Right. Because RoboCop was rated R, right? The first one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Hunter and I were just talking. Right? So it was on the other day. And so we both watched it. I remember watching that as a kid. Yeah, that's definitely rated R. Right. Okay. uh, The the villain, uh, I forget his name, but it's the dad from that 70s show, who was a really good villain. Uh, I mean, they torture, you know, RoboCop before he's RoboCop. And, I mean, it's very graphic. And then they get the, um, uh, near the end when the guy drives the truck, there's a van into, like, the chemicals, and his right. skin mm-hmm. starts, like, peeling away. Do you remember all that? Uh, yeah, vaguely. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen the original RoboCop. Oh, man. You need to check out. But, yeah, it's extremely, extremely violent. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I remember it. So I didn't, of course, I didn't see it in like in theaters, and I, I didn't see it when it first came out. I remember the local Pizza Hut. This is how back, going way back. Um, the local pizza that we used to go eat at had the actual arcade game, the RoboCop arcade game. Oh, I played nice. that. That got me interested into it. Then there was the cartoon that I found, you know, yeah. on some late night, you know, syndication. And then I think it was probably four years after the first RoboCop. RoboCop, I think his second one came out four years, three or four years after. And when that was in theaters, the first one, I uh, I got my parents to rent it. Now, of course, my mom had no clue what the hell I was renting. <laughs> and I watched it in my room. And that just uh, shook me for the rest of my life. Oh, uh, my gosh. That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, but think about it. Like. So, and we, I know we've discussed this over and over, but it's still jaw-dropping to me that, like, there were RoboCop toys. Um, there was even yep. Die Hard toys. You know, John McClane, yeah. you know. Right. Yippee-ki-yay and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it, it, it's... The 80s and were also, unbelievable. Yeah, I felt like that was such a short amount of time. So, if you think about it, let's see. So, RoboCop... The first one was 87. Okay. Um, and Rambo. That makes was, sense. I think 86. Oh, okay. Rambo, the second Rambo was 85. So I really feel like 85 to like 89, 90 was like maybe even a little further. I'd say 85 to about 92. I feel like 92 is when things started to like 
slow down a little bit with that and things started to change because i just <laughs> i remember the main backlash with batman returns yep and and in the mcdonald's fiasco um and then it all like went from there because if you remember so i remember like when the batman returns toy line came out right um and for some reason, do you remember there was like Robin, like the Tim Drake Robin for yep. whatever was in that? Like mm-hmm. I don't know why, but um, and so like they had they had the Catwoman from the movie, like the Michelle Pfeiffer costume and everything, right? Um, but the Penguin they had was just like a repainted version of like the Super Friends or the uh, Superpowers yep. like, uh-huh. line. Because like, I got not, the. I got the actual like eight inch toy version of that when, when like what was it Mattel we used to run those yeah. lines and I noticed how yeah. similar it was. Yeah, and so like I said, that's why I feel like when the toy thing started to switch because then what you get to ninety five was Batman Forever, right? Right. I think, and then that's when it was like all of a sudden there was like a flip flop and like make the movie to match the toys or you know and it was. It's pretty wild there after that. But yeah, there's like this short burst of like <laughs> late 80s of like anything goes toys. Like, yeah, whatever. I mean, think about it, right? Like you said, like John McClane, you know, like, well, yeah, cop, but like, you know, shooting up, you know, terrorists and obviously Rambo, you know, you know going after terror. Like, I feel like anything could have been like terrorist oriented. I was like, yeah, here's a toy for it. It's fine. And what's so funny about that is that if you watch the the documentary and the toys that, that make us on Netflix, they, they talk about, I forgot which episode it was. They talk about a window from, it was, I think it was like 84 to like 91, somewhere around there where basically you could get away with making any type of toy and it would get pushed onto the shelves. And one of the um, biggest examples of this was on the Terminator. One, it was like one of the first Terminator uh, toys or maybe it was Rambo. No, I think it was Terminator. It had the the spring-loaded gun that would shoot out a little rocket or whatever, you know, from the bazooka and stuff. And then other toys copied it as well and did their own little spring action, you know, rock. Uh, yeah. And they said, you know, they're like, if you think about it, go back to when Boba Fett was introduced from uh, Kenner. And they wanted to do the spring action rocket launcher from his back. And it got nixed right at the last second. And so they had a, um, the original, you know, Boba Fett with the spring-loaded rocket launcher got, sh- you know, pushed to the side. And there's only like a handful out there that actually have it. The, then they had to remake it so that the rocket didn't actually shoot out. And, they, and it was because they were afraid of choking hazard. But then you say, then they look out and they're like, there was like a six-year window when that went out the door. And you could put anything spring-loaded action with a little, you know, firing piece to it and stuff so yeah you're right like mm. that kind of opened you know rambo-esque you know action movies kind of opened the door for kids to basically play with toys that were going to kill them you know in a sense <laughs> yeah 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 it was legit like anything goes i feel like oh yeah but it's it's and that, funny and that was a time too where i mean so I feel like I even had weapons at the time that didn't have the, um, like, orange caps or, like, they weren't bright colors. Like, they legit just looked like whatever the weapon was. Right. Yeah, it, it was it was identical. You know, you would get a shotgun or whatever, you know, a uh, rifle and stuff, and it would be identical to what was in the movies. 
Right. Oh, yeah. No orange little piece at the end to, you know, dictate if it was a toy gun or anything like that. Oh, man. Good times. Good times with that. Think of all the wrestling toys that came out then, too. Oh, yeah. So many. Good times. The toys need to go back to that age. If I was president of the United States. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch any of the... Yeah. That? I was going to say, did you watch any of the Premier League action? You probably watched the Manchester United game, right? I did. I did. Um, you know, liked what I saw. Um, obviously, uh, you know, enjoy uh, Martial getting his hat trick, which is nice. Finally bringing a hat trick back to United, which took forever. Been a while. Um, since uh, Van Persie um, in 2013. But, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it was nice to get it back, uh, at least, you know, having a hat trick, and it was a good win against Sheffield. Norwich was a little chippy, but, you know, I mean, you know, it's a lot of games in a short amount of time after a long time, and I think you've you've seen that with all the teams, just kind of, you know. Um, So, I don't know, we'll see, though, with, you know, City losing to Chelsea, that doesn't help for the race for the fourth uh fourth spot you right know, um so we've got some work to do but we'll you know we'll see um yeah uh, how do you, you feel know. so remember like before the season started you and i were kind of fig- trying to figure out how like the actual like commentating would be and like how they would interact how do you feel that they're like feeding in the crowd noise into the game to try to make it seem like you know there's actual like it's, it, something going on or whatever in the stands, but then you look in the stands and there's no one there. So I, it's weird. I feel like watching it on TV, I don't really realize it as much. I feel like they're a little bit closer to the field with their, uh, with the video. Yeah. And it, it sounds at least on TV, it sounds better than I thought it would. Um, it doesn't sound as fake, I guess. But, like, you know, if there's a goal kick or something like that, it is weird to see that. Um, but I think it still has to be super weird for the um, um, for the players. And, you know, I think it's better than what I thought and better than nothing, I guess. But um, it's still just, you know, <clears throat> clearly very odd and different. Um, and you can, you can tell it makes a difference for the players as well. Right. Oh, yeah. It's definitely the the action on the field is definitely different, and I, I agree with you. I think it's because the lack of fans in the stands, which I understand, and of course you want everybody to be safe. So, uh, without a doubt, it's um, after watching WWE for the past couple of weeks with their fake fans uh, surrounding the ring, which is oh, weird. Yeah. With their yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of happy that it's not that way. It's just weird listening yeah. to the fan, like, the crowd noise. Sound. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense. It, it's kind of distracting to me almost because I'm listening to the crowd noise and I'm looking in the stands. Like, it, I'm constantly wanting to look in the stands to see the fans and it's right. not there. And then <laughs> it's my brain's, like, playing tricks on me. But, no, I, I think the action's getting better and, you know um, – Luckily, you know, there's only a handful of games left and then, you know, the Premier League can, you know, can take its rest. And the FA Cup is they're in the semifinals now. Right. Because United yeah. won and what was it? Uh, there's, I forgot the other uh, so, city. So uni- yeah. So United played Chelsea and Arsenal played City. 
Yes, that's it. Okay. So, I mean, we're, Which, we're down to end. Uh, I do not want to play Chelsea again because that's the fourth time this season. It'll be the yeah. fourth time. And United have beat Chelsea three times. It's hard to beat a team. Four times in a row. Four times. It's just very hard to do that. And Chelsea's um, playing with a little bit of fire. You know, what was it? Pulisic is, you know. that That's um, the only time they do well, if you look at it, seriously. Like, they were playing like crap until he was subbed in and scored. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he has saved their butt. Yeah, because even against Leicester, he, he had a couple shots on goal, even though they were blocked and stuff. But he's kind of yeah. given a spark to the team. So it's oh, not absolutely. bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a bad thing. So I think Pulisic's got a, a shot to you know play significant time um, next year for Chelsea. So that's good for oh, yeah. USA soccer. It'll give a, a, a big name for you know people to cheer for. Yeah, um, much needed. Yeah, so yeah, I agree with you that United's got a tough game ahead of them. It, I, you know, it'd almost be better if they were playing City next. Um, you know. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at this point, exactly. Um, but for Chelsea to beat them four times in a row, oof, gonna be rough. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little tough, and we'll see. I think I'm honestly at this point <clears throat> more concerned with like Europa. I think that's got to be. More of a focus on the way in than anything else, to be yeah. honest, at this point. No, I agree with you on that. And, um, but we'll see. And then our boy, Jose Mourinho, man. Woo! Harry Kane saved him by getting a goal right there near the end, you know, against West Ham. <laughs> the game was in set, uh, and Harry Kane gets a goal in, I forgot, it was like 85th minute or something. It was late in the game. Right. And, of course, Mourinho at, in the press conference afterwards, man. Oh, I got yeah. it. Cracks. I, yeah, he's quite the personality. I told you. I told you he'd he'd be scoring. He'd score a lot more goals. Oh man. The thing that I'm curious about with him, I would need to look at. It. I don't know this off the top of my head, but like, if you look at all of like the successful seasons he had with Chelsea and right, like. How many years was that? And then, like, how many years has he gone, like, you know, not with his, like, second Chelsea stint with his United stint? Right, like, yeah. how long has he gone that it hasn't been good? I'm interested to see, like, well, what that would look like. Right. And I think it's you're going to see a lot more of that from Tottenham, especially with um, – who is the player? Was it uh, Denomble, um that came out and said he wouldn't play for Mourinho anymore? It's the most most expensive <laughs> transfer that Tottenham's ever paid for. And only had him for a year and some change, and and says he will not play for Mourinho ever again. Like, what but do you I mean? Look, but I mean, look, you see that though, right? So, like, oh, yeah. if you look at if you look at United's line lineup now, right? So obviously, even though Moyo like brought him in, like he and Pogba clearly didn't get along. Right. Right. Luke Shaw, remember Luke Shaw was like about to leave. Yep. And and the other one was Anthony Martial, right? Because mm-hmm. I Martial missed the last World Cup because Mourinho would not play him. He was oh, not I remember, yeah. when 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 France won the World Cup. Martial was not a part of the team because he wasn't playing enough at United. And and like now look at him. I mean, it just yeah, it just like. I don't know. It just I he's not a 
Well, like we've talked about before, he will not change his style. It's um, it's nor, crazy because he a man manager at all. Right, because it's crazy because he acts like Zinedine Zidane, but Zidane right. at least produces results. Like it's, right. it's crazy, you know. Zidane won three Champions League titles with uh, Real Madrid, you know, in his first stint, and then comes back and now in his first full season back the the Real Madrid without Cristiano Ronaldo and and Karim Benzema are going to win the La Liga basically. You know? Yeah. Yep. And so, but Mourinho acts like he's in that spot, like that Tottenham's in first place and stuff. It's <laughs> it's without a doubt. So. It's crazy. I'm waiting for the the trade for Gareth Bale to come to back to Tottenham because I swear to God that's that's gonna be it's gonna be something Mourinho does to just piss people off. Yeah, I could see that happening. One, it'd be it'd be a big money move first of all, and oh gosh, I just I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about that, right? I, I think. Tottenham need like they do not have really any depth is is part of the issue. They need they need more depth if they want to continue to like you know progress and go far and be in all these other tournaments and whatnot. I just don't really think they have that right now. So right. would you rather make some big money move for like Gareth Bale or would you rather try and get like some solid maybe younger players that have the potential to you yeah know, I think Gareth Bale's too old. Around. It's it's yeah. too, it's like three years too late for Gareth Bale to come back. Right. Know? But I mean, I don't blame the guy. The guy is making a ton of money riding the bench on for for Real Madrid. I mean, shoot, pay me that money, and you're telling me I can just sit on the bench, please? Yeah, there's like he and Mizuk Ozil doing the same thing with Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It, you know, it's it's the craziest thing in the world. You're gonna pay me how much a week, and all I gotta do right. is hide the bench. Whew, easy. You you don't want yeah. to transfer? No, heck no. Why would you want to transfer so you make less money and you actually have to play? Uh, nah. That's wild. So much golf that he could probably play on the European tour. That's that's how much golf he's playing. <laughs> yeah, right. All the golf. Uh, oh my gosh. Funny. Soccer man, I, I, I love it. Because the drama in there, it's you know, it's a hundred times better than what's going on in, in sports around the United States right now. Baseball players, bitching yeah, I mean, money. Oh my gosh, yeah, still. Basketball players, you know, um, arguing if they're gonna play or not because of you know social issues and stuff. Oh, hey, what did you? Oh, god, go for it. No, no, you go for it. What What did you think of Liverpool winning the title? I mean, it was inevitable. I mean, what right. pre-COVID they had basically they had such an insurmountable lead. I'm sh- I was shocked, honestly, when so I when when the French league Serie uh, Serie A, right? Or is, yeah, Serie. Uh, the French league. Yeah. French league's league uh, league Se- one. So. League one. That's right. League one. Yeah. Uh, when League One basically said we're done because. PSG had such a insurmountable it was over. Right. I thought for sure Premier League was going to fall suit because what Liverpool had to win uh, out of five games that were left, they only had to win one, and City had to lose one to basically yeah, you know, and that was done. You know, um, so I mean it's good. 
for Liverpool mm-hmm. 30 years since, you know, a league title. Um, you know, I, I like Salah. Um, you know, I, I didn't – I forgot that LeBron James was a minority owner of Liverpool until he tweeted out that, you know, we won the championship. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about, man? NBA is <laughs> And then I, yeah, I right. read the tweet a little bit closer. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He, I remember way back when, like, when he was, like, in his fifth-year NBA, he bought a minority stake in Liverpool. I was, nope, paid yeah, off. The, the thing, like, obviously, credit where credit's due. Like, they're an amazing team. But, like, the only thing that is annoying to me, and maybe I'm just a bitter United fan, but, like, there's a lot of, american bandwagoners for liverpool oh yes that that jumped on board like when when they became good and like so don't really know anything about them and like so you'll see these things that are like um you know best team in the premier league because they won with seven games left so there was this chart that said like how many games were left like um when the title was won right right and so liverpool it is it is correct they're at the top with seven but they're like, you know, the best team. United is on that list three other times. Oh, without a doubt. And I'm just, you know, and so, you know, there's that. And then, like, someone was um, someone was like, well, Liverpool actually has more titles than United because the, the title is called the Premier League now. And it's not the Barclays Premier League. It's not, it doesn't have, like, a sponsorship. I'm like, dude, are we really doing that right now? Or, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> You know, I was like, get out of here with that sort of stuff. Um, and then the final one that always gets me is like, you know, Klopp did this without, ever, you know, Liverpool don't have Bundy like the other clubs. Okay. So, oh. when took, yeah, when Klopp took over, hit his um, his starting 11 that he had was a, you know, combined, like, combined total somewhere. It was like 140 million or something like that. This starting 11 is over like seven. He spent like over 700 million pounds. Now, I'm not saying that the man shouldn't or, you know, Manchester, all the Manchester spend. Like, I'm not saying it's that. But, like, don't sit here and tell me that the man doesn't get money when, you know what I mean? It's just like, come on, get out of here with that. No, Liverpool definitely spends money. Like, is it, is it, like, what is it? City's the, City's the most expensive team, right, I think. And then uh, City, and then United is closer. Also, yeah. United than City. I forget. I'm pretty. Yeah, so I think here, City's number one, and then United's number here, two, and stuff up. But still, the like, what you're talking about though, it's not La Liga, where it's like, if if Atletico Madrid won La Liga, that would be something special because the insane right. amount of money that both Real Madrid and Barcelona spend is so vastly different than. Atletico Madrid, which is the third richest team or whatever. But still, if they won, it would be, wow, unbelievable um, or something. Like that. But Liverpool, they spend their money well. They spend, you know, they don't throw a lot of money at transfers. But they, at the same time, too, they do spend money, you know. And even Klopp's expensive. When they, when they paid for Klopp to come over, that was an expensive right. buy right there, too. Well, and I think the other thing is, you know, people and, you know, I get the argument there. I was like, well, United paid, you know, uh, 80 million for Maguire and um, Virgil van Dyke was 75 and van Dyke's better. And I'm not saying I, I think van Dyke is better, but they're like, oh, he paid so much more. All that. the thing. Here's the other thing is 
because United have, are known for having money, which they do, mm-hmm. like they will, and City as well, will have to pay inflated prices for players or else they won't get players. You know what I mean? Where right. Other clubs, for instance, may not have. Okay, so if Virgil van Dyke went to United, I guarantee it wouldn't have been for 75. It would have been for like 95. Because you because teams know United have the money to pay, so the prices are always going to be inflated. Right. No, exactly. When if you, it is tougher to manage a team now, like United or or City or you know the bigger because when you're in the transfer game and you have that tag of oh I'm the you know general manager or whatever they call them you know and to to try to buy a transfer, just that tag alone means that you're going to pay more money for a, a star versus a Tottenham, a Liverpool, yeah. a Leicester right. City, you know, like it, right, it, yeah. it comes. So to say that that's not, that's not a valid argument. I, I agree with you 100% for fans to say, Oh, they spend less money. Of course they spend less money. They're Liverpool. You know, they're, they don't have it. Now watch if Liverpool wins right. three premier yeah. league titles in a row, now all of a sudden, yeah. when it comes to transfer time and transfer, hey, that money's going to go a lot higher. You know, right. you're going to start seeing a shift, right? Without a doubt, it's the it, city went through that. I mean, city was getting you know players for a discounted rate, and then all of a sudden, you know, they get um, you know some new owners, some new investors. They start spending a little bit more money, and then all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. Now it's it's a lot of money for for city to invest in players, and they're going to spend a lot more money. You know. Uh, that's not a valid argument at all. Um, no, I mean, Salah, I'm I'm happy for. I think he got, you know, I th- what was it to the not because they won Champions League last year, but the year before when he got mm-hmm. injured in the finals, you know, it, it oh, sucked yeah. for him yeah. and stuff because he had such a remarkable season that year. I thought that was his yeah, his season. Um, and so for him to win Champions League, him to win, you know, Premier League, I think that's a complete. And I think he wants out of. Premier League, I think he wants to not not for bitterness, but just to move on to you know bigger money and a bigger contract. So I think you're going to see him either go to you know La Liga or um, uh, League One in Italy and stuff. So I would say I, I could see him if anything La Liga. Um, yeah, you know because he's going to be having some you know pursuit now, um, and we'll see what type of uh, resilience. Um, Liverpool, Liverpool have right uh, in that area because whenever a team does well, obviously, you know, I, Barcelona, more so Real Madrid, is always tossed into the tossed into the mix of you know. It's oh, so there's hard one to there together when you win the Premier League title like that. Look at Leicester City when they won it. What was it three years ago when they won the Premier League title? They won with the the cheapest team in history. Oh yeah. And then yeah. everybody wants to t- they win the title. Everybody wants to get a pay. You know they they start trans. Yeah, I mean that's where uh, Marat. You know he went to um, City. Yeah, a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable. So I mean I could see definitely a lot of you know I don't know we'll see how COVID plays out. But yeah, I could definitely see you know this Liverpool team kind of disassembling a little bit. You know, um, yeah. you know. Barcelona's got to look for a person to replace uh, Messi. I know they keep throwing uh, what's his name out and uh, bringing him back from um, PSG. Oh God, what's his name? He was on her name, Neymar. Neymar, yeah. 
stuff. But um, I think it's just too I can't, much money. I can't stand anyone. Uh, yeah, drama. Uh, a drama. I think he's overpaid, overhyped. You know. He's, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a fan of his. He's he's a little too dramatic for me. Yeah. Um, staying on soccer though, did you see the story? It came out just a little bit ago, a couple hours ago, um, that the national or the women's soccer league um, that's about to start back up here. Um, mm-hmm. They had made an announcement that. They're going to allow their players to stay in the locker room during the national anthem if they want. So now we got standing, kneeling, and locker room if need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's kind of overkill. Like for the love of God, like how many more options can we do for the national anthem? First, we got Bruce Arena last week, which we talked about getting rid of. It was just, that was crazy enough. But now it's like. Option A, option B, option C. So stand, kneel, or stay in the locker room if, if you would like to. I mean, in all honesty to me, if you are going to play a professional sport in the United States of America, the least you could do is come out for the national anthem. I don't care if you kneel. Uh, if you stand, it's fine. But for, if, I just think it's too much that the National Women's Soccer League is going to do. And I think it's going to kill their audience, if you ask me. What, what are your thoughts on it? I, I just um, – I, I feel like, like there's not a lot of – like I think – I don't know. It doesn't seem like things are like really like fine-tuned out. It's like it's just like, like – they'll keep coming up with more things and then it'll change and adapt. And I mean, it just, I, I think sometimes if, if there's more options, it, I don't know, like, so how does it even work then? Do you wait for the people to come out from the locker room after it's done and then like get started? I just, I, I don't know what it looks like. I, I guess like logistically even, you know what I mean? Um, I don't even know it either. Cause the announcement was, is that there was, they just made the like it was just maybe two three hours ago that they said that they would allow the players to stay in the locker room for the national anthem if they want to, which okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Then are you like, I yeah, I don't even I don't even know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I just, um, like I said, I don't have a problem with, you know, people kneeling, kind of like we talked about last week. Right. Um, you know, I just, I know it's a different world for um, a lot of people. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. It, this is just like a, but, but then there's, like I said, also the concept of, you know, then there's also the concept of, like, well, I mean, even, you know, like, women's sports like which isn't a thing in many other countries and so like there is that ability to have that um but like i said i mean i'm i'm not a woman so i can't speak on what it's like to be a woman um yeah i don't know i just think there's a lot of gray area with it too and i think sometimes um like i said it's just very kind of looked at as like one way or another um and yeah i just i don't know i feel like i feel like once you open up like this option then more options will continue to either be like 
raised or come out or um yeah i don't know right no i i I, like so i'm anti i think this is the worst decision you could possibly make i don't mind kneeling and it was um a neighbor a couple down uh houses down the street we were we were discussing you know of course the everything that's going on and we were having the debate and you know he's anti-kneeling and i was like look man I go, in all honesty, I want you, next time you go to a sporting event and when Corona's done and stuff like that and the national anthem's going on, I want you to look in the crowd of everyone that's actually going around, you know, like that's standing there and pay attention. How many people are legit standing there at attention, fully devoted to standing, you know, for the national anthem? And then also think about it, you know, and because he was saying, oh, it's a sign of disrespect to the flag. I go, okay. I go, so have you never gone to the bathroom during the national anthem when you're at a sporting event? Or were you in line to get beer or French fries or something like that? And the national anthem goes well, off. It looked at Did your you phone. St- <laughs> oh, without it. It looked at your phone. I go, it's – so you can't make that argument that, that right. you know, kneeling is a sign of disrespect when there's hundreds of, you know, thousands at a, a football game in line, getting a drink, getting a beer, getting, you know uh, – right getting food, going to the bathroom before the game and with all that going on. If I said, if, if that's the case, if that's how people are going to take the stance against kneeling and stuff, then shit, we need it. Like when the national anthem comes on tickets, you know, people trying to get into the stadium need to stop. And we all need to stand at attention, face the music. And then when it's done, okay, you stop serving food, stop taking tickets, all that other stuff. And he was like, uh, that's yeah. not the same. I was like, it is the same because you hear the music. Just <laughs> you don't see the flag, you hear the music. You got to do that. So, like I said, I'm I understand the kneeling. At first, it was kind of weird to me, but now I get it. And so, I'm, hey, listen, if that's your way of protesting and stuff, and you know, it's respectful. You're at least out there, and it's a lot better than what Colin Kaepernick was originally doing, just sitting on the bench. But to say that you, I know the Steelers did it. Um. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers or the NFL, some of the NFL teams did it beforehand as a, an entire team or like or Julius Peppers did it by himself. Mm. I don't agree with that. And to, to give an option to say, hey, look, you are a professional athlete in the United States of America. Like you said, there's not many other countries that are willing to front the money and put, you know, investment dollars into women's leagues to keep it going to say, hey, you can go, you know, sit in the locker room or whatever during the national anthem. Look, j- just put your body out there. I, I, you don't have to stand at attention and stuff like that. But at least show that you appreciate being in this country. And and, and your league is the National Women's Soccer League. You know, it's you, you're playing for a league that's representing, you know, this country, you know, at least do that. If you want to kneel, kneel. If every women's soccer player says we're going to kneel for women's rights and Black Lives Matter and, you know, police brutality, I get it. But for the – that is such a cop-out in my mind and stuff. And when I saw that headline, I immediately opened up that article. I read it. I was like, there is no way this is uh, – uh, listen, the NBA is talking about now putting Black Lives Matter on the courts when they're in, in Disney World and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You want, As a company, if you want to make a political statement like that, fine. You have every right to do it. But damn, like, I think we're, we're going in the opposite direction of what the original concept was 
you know, to bring this country together and stuff and saying, oh, if you don't want to stand out for the national anthem, you don't have to. Crazy. Oh, all right. Um, one more thing. W- what's the one last thing you want to talk about? I'll, love it. I'll leave it up to you. Oh, man. Mm. Let's see. Oh, man. I haven't been really watching a whole lot. New stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. What's newish? Or... Oh, um, I mean, I guess it's not super big, but what about uh, the passing of Joel Schumacher? Ooh, definitely. So that caught me by surprise because it was the same day as the announcement of Michael Keaton. Um, yes. Yeah, Michael Keaton, you know, possibly reprising his role as Batman. And I think that story got swept under the rug. And, I like, Schumacher was Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love Batman Forever. I think, you know, of course, Batman 89, Batman Returns. But I think Batman Forever has a, 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 a special place in my heart. Um, cause I was always a big fan of Robin and cause I was of oh, course, yeah. a young kid and stuff like that. And so that was the first one with Robin. I thought Jim Carrey's Joker was amazing. Um, did you really, that's it. Or I mean, Riddler, Riddler. I'm sorry. Not Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was kind of, it was a good balance of the kind of weirdish Batman, you know, Adam West version of Batman. Yeah. And kind of a new take on it with that darkness, you know, not necessarily Tim Burton's, you know, type steel, but I liked it. You didn't like the Jim Carrey version? No, it's not that I didn't like it per se. I just felt like at times he was over the top. Like, and that's not, that's not what I thought of the Riddler. Like, the Riddler that I usually think of is more along the lines of, like, the animated series Riddler, the right? The introvert that's more, more... Yeah. Like, or, even, or even Gotham. Or even Gotham. Um, yes. But, I, in the same vein, um, he was very much, um, like you said, like the um, Adam West Batman Riddler, which I was fine with. So, like I said, it's not that I didn't like it. Like, I'm a, I, I like Batman Forever. Um right. I just, at the time, I remember prior to that, when poor Robin Williams, they were dragging him through all that again. Like, I was really in favor of, like, Robin Williams being the Riddler. Um, And it was Jim Carrey, you know, he was really big at the time. So, like I said, I'm not, like, completely against it. And I think one of the things that, I forget where, I, I was reading an article one time, and one of the things that they said, which makes sense, so... You know, if you think about each of the Batman movies, even Batman and Robin, for as bad as it was, um, mm-hmm. that like each one still very much almost fits a, you know, some age of the comics. You know what I mean? Like there was a time when it was super, super campy, like Batman and Robin campy. You know, right? So mm-hmm. like, yep. it, it, for as bad of a movie as Batman and Robin is. And for the issues that they all have, like they still very much fit, um, in in a specific kind of place, which I still, which I do appreciate. Yeah, it, you're you're absolutely right. Like the 
the four Batman movies in the, you know, 89 through, well, I think it was like 96 when Batman and Robin, 96, 97, I want to say. 97, I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of cover the genre of Batman in, right. I would say, in opposite order. So, like, you know, Batman 89, of course, was, um, you know, the Dark Knight in, in um, Frank Miller's version of it. So that was more connected. But then the further along we got with the movies, it went older, you know, and got that campiness to it and stuff. Because the funniest thing, it, now I laugh at it, but when I was in the movie theaters and saw it, I thought, oh, my gosh, was George Clooney taking out the Batman credit card? in batman oh my gosh yeah and i was like what the hell is this like batman does not have a credit card are you freaking (laughs) kidding me you know and of course Uh, arnold schwarzenegger with all the one-liners and stuff uh, you know schumacher admitted that he went a little too far with it and stuff but he actually apologized which was nice (laughs) yeah i mean i think for for anybody to do that and like say you know maybe i went over the top too much and stuff but you know, I think he gets too much crap for that one movie. Yeah. Um, because thing, uh, so I was just looking up his credits, his directing credits. He, he directed Saint Saint Elmo's Fire, which is a classic. Oh yeah. Um, the Lost Boys, another classic. Yeah. Um, Dying Young with Mel Gibson, um, mm-hmm. uh, classic. Um, the Client before, he, and that was a John Grisham movie and stuff, which oh, is yeah. good. A Time to Kill with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, man, that was, yeah, that's a good one. Which, unbelievable movie. I couldn't, when I, um, when I saw the in the announcement that he died and then, you know, a couple articles, I, I had no clue that he directed that movie. And it's such, in, oh, it, yeah. and it, the, they said, it's so crazy because A Time to Kill came out right before, the year before, Batman and Robin did. So you went from that movie to Batman and Robin, which is, wow, so yeah. yeah. Eight millimeter, which is another good one with oh, Nicholas wow, Cage. Yeah. Um, the um, and then he did Phantom of the Opera in two thousand four, which was well, uh, like yeah. w- it was good because it brought Broadway to to the movie theaters and kind of giving credit to that. Um, you know, and that was kind of like he did like other ones that were were good, but not but to think of like his film, you know credibility is is unbelievable so i mean he's definitely one of the the great directors movie producers and so forth you know he he always gets a bad name for batman and robin but the guy knew his movies he actually had a pretty decent pitch for a follow-up to batman and robin where he did want to bring it back to a much darker film Mm -hmm. you know you if anybody are batman fan they probably heard of you know batman triumphant or whatever Mm -hmm. it was going to be called um, and it was going to be a much darker take with Scarecrow and stuff like that. And so, you know, I think he realized kind of what it was with Batman and Robin. I mean, you know, I think the studio at the same time did the right thing. Like, eh, you know, we'll take us in a different direction. But, you know, I, I, I give him a lot of respect for understanding, like, okay, this, uh, you know, th- this wasn't the best. And not only that, but like I said, he even, if you have the... Um, uh, at one time they sold like uh, all four Batman movies like together, mm-hmm. um, and and then some of the uh, for Batman and Robin like the director's cut, um, you know when he's talking uh, doing like the voiceovers, he even says he's like you know my intention was in no way shape or form to you know offend any fans, and if I did like I truly apologize. So I mean I think that's that's pretty big of him. 
You know, and it's it's still funny because there's still a good fan base for that movie. There's still a group of uh, young people. It'll probably so I was in freshman eighth grade or freshman in high school when that movie came out. Ninety seven was freshman in high school, um, and so there was a lot of like I remember younger kids that really liked it. It's kind of like the prequels for Star Wars. You know, when the right. prequels came out, a lot of the high school, college, and adults hated it. But the kids loved it. And so now those kids, that, you know, or even the, the ones that were born after the prequels uh, for Star Wars were were born, like in the early 2000s, they love the prequels better than the original trilogy. And so I think that right. it, it serves, you know, it's it's a Batman. It, I, I kind of, you know, I've thought of Batman and Robin. It's, just that, it's that family version of Batman that you can pop in and watch it oh, yeah. with kids that are, you know, four or five years old and not get scared shitless like I did with Batman 89. Um, <laughs> right. That was a scary and dark movie. I'm sorry. That was, And then uh, Danny DeVito's Penguin still scares the shit out of me. Um, I know. When he bites that guy's nose. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's, it's not even, like, red blood. It's, like, oil. Like the, Oh, ugh. yeah. It's, like file and the AIS yeah, pretty nasty. Yeah, like what the hell? Uh, but I mean and what I will say is I mean even when Batman and Robin is on first bat of a movie it is like if it's on I'll watch it. You know, it's one of those where it's like, oh it's on, you know, whatever. Oh yeah, because I mean um listen, it can't it, the amount of one liners you can get from that movie just from Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze character alone is priceless. Well that's when you saw a shift, right? Was when so obviously you had Jack Nicholson and uh you know the first one and then mm-hmm. in batman returns you, know, you still have that star power with like danny devito and uh michelle pfeiffer and th- then it became more about like the star power of the villains i felt right like, you know what i mean because then obviously jim carrey and tommy lee jones who at 95 both of them were at like you know really big part like points in their oh career. yeah A- uh, then, jim carrey's was off just off the peak of ace ventura right um and then obviously like after that like you know i i remember for the longest time you probably remember this too um like it was rumored that um uh the patrick stewart was going everybody wanted patrick stewart to be mr freeze oh um, no i never heard that that would have been a good one oh, though. you never heard that yeah no. never, like so many people were pushing for patrick stewart to be mr freeze which i think would have been awesome as well and then they cast Arnold Schwarzenegger, and everybody was like, okay, like that's different, but all right. But once again, if you look at the Mr. Freeze from, um, uh, from you know, the Adam West Batman series, they're actually not that much different. Wow. No, they're not. It, yeah. It's really not that much different. The, the whole like theme of the movie is not that much different from the Adam uh, Adam West series and stuff, you know, the oh, yeah. the goofiness of it and everything, um, you know, the even like the the characterization of Bane, you know, like the, the costume was mm-hmm. ridiculous for that. I mean, everyone knew that that was those were like foam muscles and stuff when walking, right. you know, they didn't even try to do something like what they did with Tom Hardy or anything. They just said. Just put a guy in a suit and we'll make it work type deal. And then uh, Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy and how Batman and Robin were fighting over her. And so, oh, man, it was... <laughs> and I think what hurt the movie, too, was that like the animated series was around right around that time, too. And the animated series, yeah. 
was uh-huh. was point. It was like that that had a perfect combination of a dark grittiness to it. It had the you know right type of tone for the comics, and it, but it was cartoony enough um, for kids to, to to like it. And so, and, well. And sorry, but don't forget that Ma- Batman Mask of the Phantasm was out in 93. Oh, yeah. Um, and th- that was in theaters, too. I remember going to see it yep. in the theater. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I think when you had this... I think when when the cartoon, the animated series was darker than the movie is when it just didn't really seem to fit. You know what yep. I mean? Oh, I agree. If the roles had been reversed, I think it would have been a slam dunk. The you know Batman right. and Robin had been darker and the cartoon series had been goofier and stuff you know we might not have you know had a cartoon series last as long as it did because even the Joker you know Mark Hamill's version of the Joker oh, yeah. on the animated series that was pretty sadistic and dark and you know uh, oh, absolutely so all right that puts us at a good hour mark good time here um, this uh, episode of the geeky jocks is i'm gonna say it's sponsored by proper 12 because damn this shit's good um conor mcgregor's whiskey i, I so i bought it on a whim because our abc store over here just got started carrying it and i was like let me try this stuff out and wow um so i think it's my new favorite whiskey it's really good isn't oh, it yeah. oh yeah it, yeah it's uh yeah I, I was unsure the first time i got it too but it's kind of it you know what I mean? Was I right in saying it's like kind of in the same vein as like a like a? I mean, because clearly it's an Irish whiskey, but kind mm-hmm. of Jameson esque. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so like with other so Jameson and other whiskeys, I really have to mix it with something to to cut it because I'm I don't know I just the my palate or whatever yeah. for whatever reason I can't drink it straight. But this yeah. one I can't. I can just put oh, it on yeah. the rocks it's and good. drink it straight. Just get it, let it get chilled just for a little bit, and I'm good. Um, so yeah, if McGregor, if you want to, I don't care if you, you can just send bottles <laughs> over, you don't have to send any money. Sure. You know, right. Prop this shit up all the time. A proper 12 Irish whiskey. Holy shit. It's good. Um, and if he, and I mean, he's retired now, right? Oh, I mean, Hey, so, so, I, if so I was if him, I would. To, so if he wants to come on the podcast, come on and we'll, <laughs> right? yeah, man, talk some shit about UFC and everything. Let's do it. Uh, uh that man needs to start his own UFC. He needs to start his own fighting company. He would make billions of dollars. He, him versus yeah, Dana White absolutely. and promoting shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, all right. That's it for this episode. We'll do this again next week. Hopefully, it'll be something else to talk about besides COVID and the national <laughs> anthem. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we'll, but, hey, we'll it's still fun, though. Right. It's still fun. Yeah. Good time. All right, bud. All right.